0: So here are some things that I have done to make um, life in quarantine more bearable. First, I start with a
1: great Italian breakfast. Some advice that I have for young people is to not look at the news 24-7.
2: I've created a schedule for myself and my sisters. I've used the isolation period to read more books, to do more research. Something that everyone can do is sleep.
3: I feel that this pandemic will blow over in a few months, but the political and economic implications will be felt for years to come. Thank you.
4: Welcome to Pod of the Planet, a podcast about our changing planet and what we're doing to manage that change. If this is your first time tuning in, just to introduce myself, I'm Q Lee, and I'm part of the communications department here at the Earth Institute at Columbia University. If you've actually listened to all five episodes leading to this one, wow, uh, thanks so much. Uh, you're awesome. Uh, you deserve a medal or, or something of that kind. Seriously, go ahead and email us. I'd love to hear more about it. But in all seriousness, there's so much going on in our world today, and uh, we wanted to be really mindful and make sure that we're delivering best possible information to you with everything that's happening there's um, you know we're going through not only a pandemic but we're going through suffering through an infodemic as well and and through everything we do we want to make sure that we continue to focus on the intersectionality of disciplines and what that means is the work that we do here at the earth institute and and how it all connects you know and and to make sure that we are talking to the right people that are able to connect those dots. So that's all to say that we want to hear from you more. Um, You know, we're practicing social distancing, but I still want to be socially connected to our audience. And I'm really encouraging you guys to email us at pod of the planet at gmail.com. Let us know what we're doing, right? Let us know what we're doing wrong, what you want to hear more of. And if there's anyone you want to hear more from, So thanks again for listening and supporting Pod of the Planet. I hope to hear from you soon. This episode, we get to hear from young people, the youth, uh, something I know very little about. And my body painfully reminds me of every morning whenever when I wake up, (laughs) I guess, but... We get a chance to hear from students from all around the world, including a classroom in in New Jersey to a student in Zambia, talking about their coronavirus experience. And the person who put this together is a young grad school student here at Columbia University. His name is Brighton Kaoma. Brighton, how are you doing today?
5: Thank you. I'm doing really amazing. And how are you doing?
4: I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. I'm really excited uh, to get into this episode. Can you tell me how this all came about?
5: Yeah. So, I mean, it was very exciting for me to run a workshop with young people from Zambia, New Jersey, London, and Italy. And this was inspired by the Center for Sustainable Development and uh, Radhika Yenga with her team already supported a group of young people called Eco Ambassadors. And I was invited to offer a training on how to produce compelling personal stories on how young people are coping with the coronavirus wherever they are around the world.
4: And and you yourself, yeah, you know, you know I, I I consider you a young person too, Brenton, but yeah. you actually you're you're a veteran when it comes to these things. You've been working in radio uh, for for a long time now. How long has it been?
5: Yeah, I've actually been working um, at the ins- intersection of radio and sustainability for the last 10 years, uh, mm-hmm. 10, 11 years. I started when I was in my teenage years and I was inspired primarily by the variation in the climate back where I grew up in Zambia. So that the, the frustration provided a launching pad for me to use radio and inspire over 2 million li- weekly listeners on Radio or in Kirwe.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that sounds incredible. I I really, uh, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. You're, you're originally from Zambia. You said you started in your teenage years. Um, can you describe a little bit about where in Zambia you're from the kind of conditions or, or your family life, what, what that was like?
5: Yes, yeah, I grew up uh, in uh, Kitwe on the Copper Belt province of Zambia. So, this is a city that is primarily a copper mining town. So, as you might know, Q, Zambia is one of the leading producers of copper globally. Mm. And uh, I mean, I grew up in a very amazing family three sisters and one young brother. So, a family of five children uh, my parents, my mom, and dad are currently local farmers in so It was pretty exciting growing up. Um, um, Of course, there were a lot of environmental problems, such as sulfur dioxide emissions from the mines, which Mm -hmm. led to a lot of other associated respiratory conditions like asthma, for example. So at an early age, I saw lots of problems, and I was inspired to take action by using radio. And that was an exciting journey.
4: Why Why radio? What is the power that radio has in activism, especially eco-activism, as you describe it?
5: So, uh, as you might know, Kiyu, in Zambia, just like any other African continent, internet penetration is primarily very low. So most local people that don't have access to the internet use radio as the most trusted medium of information. I remember when I was a kid, each time I wanted to know what time it was, I would turn the radio on and wait for the announcer to say, it's now 10 o'clock, and I would get ready to go to school. So radio is also very inexpensive, and even those people that are living below the social foundation are able to afford a radio cassette. So it continues to remain a very powerful medium of information on the continent.
4: Yeah. And your i mean—your journey is uh, absolutely incredible. Just, just when, when I was standing from... The outside and, and and looking in uh, right and and I'm really impressed and I'm and I'm really glad that I am slowly getting to know you i I, I hope we can speak more as um, these podcasts carry on and and hopefully I can learn from you being you since you're the radio expert and and uh, and all these just like the way these um, you know these young people um, have put together their responses i I'm really excited that we can keep on doing this type of um, radio type of activism. I'm curious, you know, you talk about being from Zambia yeah. and the, um, you know, the issues that you're faced with there, especially when it comes to respiratory things and, and that being a, a clear health issue, yeah. uh, for re- when it comes to respiratory illnesses, how does that, how does that, uh, I guess, compare to what's happening now when it comes to the coronavirus? Do you, is there, have you been in contact with your family in in Zambia? What What's the situation like there?
5: Yeah, um, I've been in contact and, of course, would love to contribute and get to share more insights using this platform. Uh, so I've been in contact with my parents every now and then. Currently, they're able to use WhatsApp, so they call me each time. And I think they're trying to now learn how to best position the phone in their, in front of them when they're doing a video call because their entire face is on the screen. <laughs> but that has been pretty exciting so far I'm anchoring in, in my apartment here at Columbia university. And I've been talking to my parents, uh, almost on a daily basis. They are both good. They are both in their 60s. And uh, of course there are a lot of measures that the government has put in place, uh, such as, um, ensuring that there is, um, social, I mean, social distancing, um, there's a mandatory, uh, wearing of masks in public places. So only about a cumulative of 60 cases have been recorded in Zambia, and we are seeing a decline in the number of infections. Uh, So things are slightly getting better because people are doing the right thing and practicing social distancing.
4: Has radio played a big part in the information outreach in Zambia? Absolutely, and
5: uh, I've seen how most radio stations are now acting as the repository of knowledge and information on how young on how people should behave towards this virus. So each time when I speak mm-hmm. to my parents, for example, they would tell me about how they head on radio on the relevance of social distancing and practicing basic hygiene practices. So it continues to play a key role, and I'm imagining. A place in northern Zambia that doesn't have access to electricity and people only rely on radio cassettes for information. And others don't even know the existence of WhatsApp or Facebook. So it's communities like that that even more continue to rely heavily on radio as a medium of information. Mm-hmm.
4: And do you remember, like, when it was when you were young, um, the kind of radio programs that you listened to, and and specifically what maybe inspired you to look into or be part of uh, radio?
5: Yeah. Um, so it was pretty exciting because when I was a a young kid back in Zambia, there was a radio program that used to teach kids, uh, English and, uh, mathematics. It was called Taonga market. And each time when we had the sing tune about The program would always get closer to the radio and listen to a teacher giving instructions on how you could learn math, how you can construct the right phrases. So I think it was that kind of a program that inspired and induced a lot of interest in my radio career. So when I went to the radio station and got free radio airtime, which was given to me freely, I decided to use a similar model of Taonga Markets to start my own program called Environmental Watch. So it was pretty exciting, you know. I, I worked with a lot of students yeah, yeah. and uh professors from the Copperbelt University School of Natural Resources because my program was basically environmental forecast and I needed experts. Yeah.
4: And so I mean, your and your your program continued on and as so you said, you've worked with um I don't know how how many students has it been at this point, hundreds, thousands of of young people uh training them in in using radio for their own activism.
5: So, uh, so far there's been over a thousand young people that have been trained as radio broadcasters. This is also in mm-hmm. collaboration with uh, the children's radio foundation in South Africa. So mm-hmm. the children's radio foundation provided me and other young people with the launching pads to n- now radiate our skills to other young people in our community. And I co-founded a nonprofit that now trains young people in radio. So my work when I was 14 has continued even beyond what I imagined back then. Now thousands of young people are being empowered with skills.
4: Amazing. Amazing. What's the the response like when you talk to young people here in the U.S. especially about the power of radio? The reason why I ask is, you know, I I know people like podcasts for sure, and hopefully they'll like this one too. Um, But when it comes to radio, you know, radio has a an interesting history. I'm not going to pretend to be a radio expert, uh, a radio historian, but you know, when I was younger, um, I listened to, you know, all my music was from the radio. Um, and, and, uh, and, you know, you'd listen to, uh, talk show hosts and people like Howard Stern, for example, and, and all these, you know, radio personalities and, and that, you know, moved over to other places, whether it's, um, like internet radio or Sirius or, uh, it just seems like live radio is not as popular. I'm assuming these days, um, I, I don't know what, what younger people, um, do, I, I, you know, I, you have podcasts, you have, uh, other kind of mediums. I'm just wondering, do, do you find that people get it, that they understand what the power of radio is?
5: So hey, that's a very interesting cue because uh, recently on Twitter, somebody made a tweet saying, I think we need to have a live podcast where people can call in and be able to contribute their thoughts. And then somebody replied saying, I think you're talking about radio. So it's exciting <laughs> that uh, we can consciously, even when I interact with young people in the United States, uh, of course, there's been high penetration of internet, high penetration of other social networking platforms like Twitter, Facebook, uh, of course, podcasting. Um, but radio to some degree continues to provide that exciting interaction and feedback between the people that are listening and the people that are hosting mm-hmm. a show. So I think that's it, the uniqueness that sets it apart. Uh, but of course, right now we could equally use radio to, make podcasts, for example, and be able to reach people that wouldn't necessarily reach within a radius um, that a radio catches in a particular location. So I think even here in the United States, uh, one thing that seems to obscure a lot of young people from seeing how impactful radio is, is the existence of other platforms that are easily accessible. But if you think about Zambia and most developing parts of Africa, radio Mm -hmm is the most predominant source of information that most young and old people have access to. Uh, But of course, Internet um, and other social media platforms like WhatsApp are slowly penetrating. We're seeing a lot of usage of these platforms among young people, but they still use radio. And now there's a collage of radio, WhatsApp, Facebook Live. So we are seeing this cross-pollination of platforms to make radio even more enriching.
4: Well, this is great. And, and we look forward to hearing not only from these, uh, eco ambassadors that you, uh, worked with, but other young people that you'll be working with in the future in your program. Is it, is it called eco radio? Is that what you're calling your project?
5: uh so we, we're calling it it's equal ambassadors so there are a lot of young people that have already been involved but i think we should yep. coin a name i want to speak to radica and the team at the yep. center for sustainable development to coin a cool <laughs> name but also we want to listen to young people and hear what they think maybe they might suggest more catchy names than we can <laughs> yeah
4: yeah no no it sounds good and I'm, I'm yeah i think the story building and you know there are you know dovetailing story building with activism and broadcasting. Those are all amazing skills, um, especially for these motivated young people to, to have as they um, go forward in their activism. So, yeah, we, this is a, this is very cool. Thanks Brighton for, for putting this together. You know, you yourself, uh, like I said, you, you've had such an, a, a rich life and at the, at such a young age, um, will you come back and, and maybe we can have a, deeper conversation about just who you are and, and how you ended up here?
5: I think that'd be really exciting. That would be really exciting. I would want to do that. So just let me know anytime, Thank you.
4: Okay. I also want to encourage any students out there who are interested in the Eco Ambassadors program and any parents who want to get their kids interested to go to edforsd.org, which is short for education for sustainable development.org and look up the Eco Ambassadors program. It's a really great, uh, program that's empowering kids, not only in the classroom, but outside of the classroom to not only be engaged in environmental science, but to be active in it on a local level and beyond. So please do check it out. Okay, Brent, take care. I will talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank
5: you.
0: Hi there. My name is Ashmi. I live in Milburn, NJ. I am talking to you from my home. My school is on break because of COVID-19. So these days, I am at home writing or reading my poetry and sending letters to my friends. Today, I will read you some of my poetry. Saving the environment is a very good deed, along with the things we always need, like paper, shade, and air we breathe from trees. Trees and bushes are here and there, far or near and everywhere. Maybe, just maybe, we can all stick together to transform the earth into amazing weather. I hope you learned something new today. Bye-bye for now, anyway. It is really important to stay safe and active during the COVID-19 break. So stay safe and active all day. Hello, my name is Vidya Bindle and currently I'm sitting in my room. What my family is doing to cope with COVID-19 is that we are staying mainly in the house and occasionally we go to the backyard. We always wash our hands before we eat and we do a very important thing. We pray that everything will be fine. We give each other support. The advice I have for other people in this situation is that you should try to take this time as a time you will excel in something whether it be singing, dancing, even cooking. Just keep yourself entertained inside of the house and COVID-19 will hopefully
2: just become a nightmare. Thank you. Hey there, my name is Radhika. I live in Melbourne, New Jersey. Right now I'm in my kitchen. This is where I spend most of my time these days. Today I will talk to you about how I am practicing my social distancing during COVID-19 days. So first, I like to do brisk walks from one end of the room to another. It helps me to think and also get some exercise. Second, I like to chase my kids from the bedroom to the dining room. They have named me the Bitey Monster. So run, the Bitey Monster will catch you. These activities help me to get some exercise and laughter. In these strange times, it is a must to smile because smile makes difficult situations much easier to tackle. So be sure to smile often. Hello,
3: my name is Butt and I'm a sophomore at Melbourne High School. These are basically my thoughts about the coronavirus pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic that we're facing. My first thought is that the Chinese government should not should have informed the world and not have covered and not covered up the virus's existence for the for the first month. The U.S. response was to the pandemic was also poor. Trump downplayed the severity of the virus, and the U.S. wasn't able to create enough functioning testing kits. Even the ones that they had were faulty. They did not even buy the WHO kits. We were unable to lock down the country simultaneously. States like Florida and Kansas went to lockdown earlier this week. Other states like New Jersey went to lockdown two weeks ago. The situation's not much better in Europe with countries refusing to collaborate on the unified lockdown policy. Other countries like South Korea were able to flatten the curve by locking down the country and testing, testing, testing. India, a country with fewer confirmed cases than Luxembourg, banned international travel and locked down the country. And the economic implications of the virus are also scary, with no one buying from small businesses and restaurants. We can expect an increase in bankruptcies and unemployment globally. National debts will also rise, with the Fed pumping trillions and trillions into the market. And other national governments doing the same. But the environmental, on the, on the bright side, the environmental um, effect of the pandemic is very positive, with... Pollution dramatically reduced in China. Clear blue skies are returning to Chinese cities. And um, animals are returning to um, the streets of Thailand and Japan. And fish are returning to Venice's canals, which are clear for the first time in years. I feel that this pandemic will blow over in a few months, but the political and economic implications will be felt for years to come. Thank you.
0: Hi, my name is Ashna Swarup and I'm sitting in my bedroom in New Jersey. Um, I think that coronavirus, I think that the COVID-19 time is, um, it's kind of bittersweet for me because I do miss school and I think after a while it does get very boring, but also there's so many different things that you can do that you can't do on a daily basis if you are on a working job or at school. So here are some things that I have done to make um, life in quarantine more bearable. Number one, I've created a schedule for myself and my sisters so that we can keep somewhat organized. It is a very fluid schedule, so it can be changed easily. But we use the overall structure daily to keep us on routine with our academics and computer time and other stuff like that. Also, going outside is something that I think it helps me uh to take my mind off of stuff that's going on these days. So, um going outside is also is good for your health and better for not getting your for not um getting sick. So, going outside is nice. Plus, it's um the fresh air is good for you and yeah. Number 3, I do not normally I do this, but I Now, I do not encourage arguments because everybody has a very short temper these days because it's my whole family in one house, and we don't get outside very much. So I don't encourage arguments, and if there is something that might encourage one, I try to ignore it because really, who needs arguments when everybody is just in the same case, all very... um have a short spark plug. And number four, I try to keep in touch with my friends cause they're all in the same situations and I do lots of video chats. So yeah, that's great too. Okay. Hi, my name is Ishan
1: Bardwatch. I'm in Milburn, maybe 30 minutes from New York City overlooking a doctor's office, which I see has changed which is good because that means social distancing is occurring. I'm getting engaged during COVID-19 very well, but not as well as if there was school and social life. One of the things that get, that gets me engaged so that I can cope with the situation is sports, such as ping pong, which I play for hours every day. This is a good source of exercise because there, because they, you aren't getting any exercise from school anymore, from classes that you attend and outdoor activities that you might play. Another activity, activity that I do during COVID-19 is I do little fun projects. You can look up a few and start making. For example, I made a miniature paper towel box just for fun in this situation. Lastly, something that everyone can do is sleep. Take advantage of the extra hours that you have. Instead of watching your phone or iPads, maybe you can get a little rest. These are the activities that get me engaged during COVID-19. Some advice that I have for young people is to not look at the news 24-7. I know I used to do that, but that just gets me tensed up and worried. So either don't look at the news at all or limit it to once or twice a day. That extra stress, especially during this period of time, is very bad. Another piece of advice is that this is a chance to build up your immunity and to and to stay healthy. Now, there's somewhat of there is somewhat of a mindset that you do not want to get coronavirus, so you can so you can
2: do that as well. This is all I have for you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Olivia Tutu. I'm a Zambian citizen. Uh, a student at the University of Zambia pursuing a degree in Economics and Development Studies. I'm here to give my individual experience of the COVID-19 isolation. Uh, I must make mention that the time I heard about COVID-19, I didn't really know how serious it was and the impact it has on the world until recently when we experienced some cases. And as I'm an outgoing person, I love going out uh, to meet friends, to watch movies and I just love being outdoors because I'm a people person but now uh, we've been having a lot of time at home, uh, spending time with my siblings, with my parents and I've used the isolation period to read more books, to do more research uh, with regards to my program of study and also I've been trying to communicate with family and friends to just ensure that they are all safe and okay. And they're also following um, the simple lay down rules that we have been given in in order for us to uh, lessen the spread of the virus. And really, I just want everybody out there to know that the COVID-19 is really serious. The coronavirus isn't here to play. And so it's very important that we stay indoors. We avoid... Uh, gatherings of any sort and just, you know, pray and be safe at home and show love to people around us and just hope for the best. Yeah.
6: Thank you. Hey, everyone. I'm very happy to talk to all of you. I'm Giovanna and I'm from Bergamo, a lovely city in the north of Italy. I'm a first year student at the University of Bergamo. Of course, I have to say that as a first year of college, my expectations were kind of different. But this experience is becoming a challenge every single day. It's already been about five weeks that I'm in quarantine here at home. This period for me, it's been mentally and emotionally stressful. Here in town, in my town, everybody knows someone who has COVID or who passed away. So it's easy to start thinking negative, or procrastinating, or why not, crying. But I realize that all this is not necessary. We don't need fears. We gotta choose to stay in an attitude of faith and victory. We gotta choose to think the right thoughts. So don't put your life in autopilot. For example, how do I spend my days? First, I start with a great Italian breakfast, and then I follow all my online lectures. My advice in this period is to feed your mind with books because reading develops creativity, your passion, and you can wonder about many places that you will travel when all this will be finished. Then focus on your body. Keep it healthy. I used to work out and do some exercise to stretch a little bit while listening to some music. And I have to say that that's the best part. I have so much fun. Moreover, keep in contact with all of your friends. You will always smile or laugh with them. So try to design a lifestyle of thankfulness and try to keep all of your good habits. This is important because you have to react and you have to keep going. Start your day with intention. The intention of feeling good, the intention of being present. Every day is important to do something great for you and other people.